we present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Getting about in this fog, it's, well, it's almost impossible. Yes, yes. I've been fortunate in not having to move from this most comfortable fire. Just give me a day or two in which to get my records straight. The indexes were sadly out of date. Anything of interest in the papers? I imagine this fog has stopped a great deal of the crime in the city. Mm, on the contrary, it's made a lot more possible. Perhaps we don't hear about the crimes because they're easily hidden away, but there's increased activity going on, you can be sure of that. Mm. Some crimes will get full publicity. I imagine the murder of P.C. O'Keefe on Wanstead Flats will not be easily ignored. Well, the murder of a policeman, well, that's unusual. Yes, depends on the circumstance, of course. If he was trying to make an arrest, it's understandable enough. But his body was found on the common. Oh, no details have been given. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if that's what our friend Lestrade is calling upon us for, to discuss the murder. Mm. I say this stew's good. <clears throat> so that's why our front door is unlatched. Lestrade's coming round, is he? When do you expect him? I think if my hearing is correct, any second. Good evening, Holmes. Evening, Watson. Just in time. Come in, Lestrade. Take off your top coat and settle by the fire. I'd invite you to join Watson at supper, but I'm sure you must have had a bite to eat at the King's Head when you stopped there for a drink on the way here. How the devil did you know that? You have a winter anemone in your buttonhole. Rosie, the barmaid in the saloon, has several bowls of those flowers on her counter. (sighs) I know she likes to give buttonholes to her special friends. Take a seat by the fire, Lestrade. Oh, thank you. Now, has this visit anything to do with the death of P.C. O'Keefe? Eh? Uh, oh, uh, oh, no. no. No one has turned to the yard for help on that one yet. Now, this has to do with an event not yet reported in the press. A dangerous criminal lunatic has escaped from the hospital in Hornsey. He'd been serving a 15-year sentence in the scrubs, but went off his head. They shoved him in the men's ward of the Crouch End Asylum. Yesterday, he went for his usual treatment at the doctor's section. He assaulted the doctor, threw a chair through the ground floor window, jumped out, tore across the grounds and out of the gates that were just being opened for the weekly goods van to come through. The alarm was raised, but, well, in this blasted fog, he's on the loose. Mm, A dangerous criminal lunatic, you say? Uh, What is his name? Nathaniel Cross. Mm. Ah... I see. This is really most interesting. You recall him, Holmes? I most certainly do. It takes me back to, uh, what was the case? Yes, the Greek interpreter. Nathaniel Cross, convicted for 15 years, and he's broken out, has he? Mm. Yes, I think you're going to have to be careful, Lestrade. Cross is as cunning as a rattlesnake and hates authority, and particularly the police. By a strange coincidence, I read up some notes upon him when I was editing my files only yesterday. I remember he always refused to sign his name in full. He just put N and then across. That's right. I thought you'd remember him. If you have any theories about how this man will operate now he's got his freedom, I'd like to hear them, Holmes. Oh, I have no theories, Lestrade. I can only say that if Matt's cross is as clever as I think, then you'll have a very hard time finding him. Hmm. But if he's truly mad, then he won't have to go looking for him. He will come looking for you. Ah. And if that happens, then I wish you and the men in your force the best of luck. Out of my rounds the next morning, the fog was as dense as ever. But by midday, it had lifted a little. I lunched out and decided to go home to tackle some paperwork. 
Upon leaving Baker Street Station, I heard the familiar cry of a paper boy at the entrance. We all the Another murder! Second policeman found dead. We all the Great heavens, did I see a complete clear? Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. Uh, it's Tom. Oh, what's now? Uh, here's a bit of Holmes. Uh, were you going back home? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Holmes, that paper boy, did I hear correctly? Was the second policeman murdered? Yes, yes, you did. The press got hold of the news quickly enough. I'm on my way now to join the Hampstead police. Hampstead? Yes, the body was found on the heath. Can't you come along, Watson? In spite of this fog, crime in London has taken a most interesting turn. Shall we go? First ages to get to Hampstead. We took a Hampstead and then met a small group of police at the north entrance to the heath. As we walked, the sergeant explained. The body has been removed to the mortuary, of course, Mr. Holmes. Yes, well, why, of course. If you really needed my help, it should have been left to where it was until I made a thorough examination. I suppose not only is there no body, but everybody's been trampling the spot with their number 11 police boots. Destroying every chance of picking up decent clues. Sorry, sir. You know how it is. These things have to be reported through the station. It wasn't until Inspector Lestrade at the yard was called in that they agreed to send for you. The police seem to be getting more and more tied up with red tape. A few years ago, I would have been sent for immediately without having letters in triplicate about it. Well, that comes under the heading of efficiency and progress, sir. I've been in line for promotion myself for years. Never gets beyond somebody's desk in headquarters. Blind alley job. Here we are. The body was found over there, under that tree where the constable is standing. Constable! Is that you, Sarge? Our time, I'm getting frozen stiff. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Sherlock Holmes, and I've been asked to take a look at... Uh, oh. <laughs> afternoon, Mr. Holmes. P.C. Allen, remember me? Well, of course I do. The Rygate Squires case, wasn't it? Huh. Odd old memories springing back to mind. How are you, Jim? I'm fine, Mr. Holmes. Uh, uh, the Sarge will tell you all about this place. Well, the body was found here, lying face downwards, arms outstretched. I think you can see the impression in the grass and earth. He'd been coshed, hit at the base of the net with a blunt instrument. Mm. I doubt if there's much here that can help us. Uh, uh, do you know why he was up here? I mean, this isn't a regular police route. Mm. What could have made him come to this remote spot and in a fog? Well, there is a patrol from the Igat Road to Ornsey and Crouch End. I've done it many times myself. I suppose there must have been some trouble. He left a beat to follow someone, something like that, and then... Well, there was a fight, and he got coshed. Well, there's no fight here. There's no sign of a struggle. Well, he was it from behind. Without the protection of his policeman's helmet. Odd. Yeah, but what, is, what is this here at the base of the tree? Uh, uh, shine that fog lantern, Jim. Right, sir. Uh, uh, yes, somebody's carved their initials. At the base of a tree? And quite freshly cut. But not someone's initials. Merely a cross. Holmes went to inspect the body. I chatted for a while to the constable, Jim Allen, who made a most unusual request, that he accompany Holmes and myself back to Baker Street. It seemed he was going off duty and had an arrangement to meet his brother at Paddington later that evening. Naturally, we agreed, and once there, invited him up for a drink. Well, the fact is, Mr. Holmes, I'm worried. When I saw you this afternoon, I was very pleased you see I needed advice. I don't know what to do. I'm torn apart with worry, loyalties, yeah, and that... Drink this, Jim. Tell us everything. Yeah, well, it's my brother Arthur. He's in the force, too, as you know. He's a few years older than me, and I always looked up to him. The fact is, well, I think he's turning crooked. I noticed for some months now that, he, that he's mixing with the wrong crowd, and I called him out spying. Yes, spying at the police station. Last week, for instance, I come into the super's room, and there he was. What are you doing? Creeping in here like that. I can ask you what you're doing. That cabinet holds confidential police files. 
How did you manage to get it open? your own blasted business. Just peer out and keep your mouth shut about all this. It's nothing to do with you. It is to do with me. You're my brother and a member of the force. And, and yes. look, Jimmy boy, just do as I say. Keep your place. If I want to play games, I'll play them, and according to my own rules. You've got to tell me what you're up to. Are you stealing information? What if I am? Well, then it can only be to, to use against the force. Arthur, are you turning crooked for heaven's sake? I told you. Get out of here. Keep your mouth shut. Just remain a dumb cop all your life. That's all you're good for. Now, get out. I'm afraid there's more to it than that, Mr. Holmes. I'll be doing some checking up myself. I think Arthur's in touch with, with someone who lives in Hampstead. Right near where that body was found. It was some time before young Jim Allen could be persuaded to listen calmly to the advice Sherlock Holmes had to give. And that was to go about his business quietly, to avoid quarreling with his brother Arthur, but to keep a sharp eye upon his movements and report anything suspicious not to his superiors, but to Holmes himself. After Jim had left us, Holmes fell into a silence. Eventually, he said... There's got to be a connection, Watson. Nathaniel Cross, who hates all policemen, breaks out of the mental hospital. Two policemen have been killed, both in much the same way. Constable Arthur Allen is known to be in touch with someone in the Hampstead district, and he's seen taking secret information from the police files. Now, if he's turned crooked, he could be feeding Cross with the facts he needs to avoid the police cordons. In which case, shouldn't Jim go to the sergeant and speak the truth? Well, he cannot betray his own brother unless he's sure of his guilt. No, the thing to do is to tackle it from the other end. And what prey is that? Find Nathaniel Cross, of course. But the, the police must be working full out on that, Holmes. I, I know it's almost impossible to search everywhere in this darn fog, but they have the organization for big searches. Well, you can't help them much. Mm, I'm not so sure. Information is what we need. In the underworld, the news of Cross's escape must have spread like wildfire. A man with his record has plenty of friends, but also plenty of enemies. He's been behind bars for nine years. That's a long time. People forget. Other smarter people come up in their places. Yes, I think that's the first priority. Find Nathaniel Cross. The fog persisted, and there was still no news. I was busier than ever, attending a growing number of patients with flu, bronchitis, and whooping cough. On my feet all day, I saw Holmes but for a few minutes to ask how he was and envy him the comfort of our fireside. Then, about three days later... I was appalled to read in the newspaper as I reached home that there'd been yet another murder. A young policeman had been found in Eltham Park in southeast London. I immediately went in search of Holmes and found him in the saloon bar of the King's Head, sporting one of Rosie the barmaid's buttonholes and talking to a very dubious-looking character. That's <laughs> all well, I can tell you, Mr. Holmes. Uh, no one don't know nothing about these murders. Uh, and mind you, I must be honest, uh, even if they did, they wouldn't say. Uh, but I don't really think the copper murders are the work of any one gang. And Nathaniel Cross? Ah, well, of course, <laughs> he's another matter. <laughs> Conflicting rumours, as you might say. Them's who've never met him, they say he couldn't be getting out of stern and starting murdering. But uh, he's always been a bit crazy, but them who do remember him say, uh, they say he's just waiting. Waiting? Waiting for what? For a ship, of course. Waiting to get out of the country. And what's more, what's more, they say it'll be here at the end of the month. Half rig to Rio. <laughs> and they'll be smuggled aboard it. Half rig? 
Uh, do you know the name of her? No, uh, but rumour has it again that she'll be loading from the Surrey docks. So, so if I were a knowledgeable man, which I'm not, of course, I'd say, uh, I'd say I'd think of looking somewhere around rather eyes than that cross, wouldn't you, Miss Rose? Well, thanks. Thanks for the tip. Here, buy yourself a drink and keep those roomy eyes of yours open. Here. Uh, thank you. Holmes! Uh, Holmes, Holmes I, I wondered if I'd find you here. Now, is it true? I mean, a, a third police murder? Uh, yes, yes, I'm afraid so, Watson. Come on, let's get out of here and walk back home. Uh, is the fog just as uh, bad? Yes, I'm afraid it is. Now, stay close to the wall, Watson. Right. Luckily, we both know this road like the back of our hands. The street lamps can act as a guide, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I can find my way back, all right? Don't worry about me. Uh, Holmes. Holmes, tell me uh, about this latest tragedy. What happened? Well, much the same story as the other two, Watson. A policeman on the beach, on duty, killed by an injury to his spine and a broken neck. Clutched in his hand was a sheet of note paper. Nothing on it but a large cross. Oh, gracious. This really is the work of a madman. Yes, yes, I think it is. The crimes are without motive. The only factor that links them together is that they were all policemen. And this man, Cross, hates the police. Oh, Holmes, they've got to catch him soon before he kills more of these young Watson, I think we should cross over. Nice. Oh, that's strange. There's a light on in Mrs. Hudson's room. Oh? She must have come home suddenly. Come on, Watson. Let's find out what happened. I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes. I know it's a cheat, but when I saw Mrs. Hudson come home, I asked if I could come in and wait. Oh, don't apologize, Jim. Obviously, you wouldn't turn out in this weather unless it was important. What is it? Has anything happened? Well, yes, yes, I, uh, I've done exactly as you advised. I haven't spied on my brother Arthur, but on the other hand, I, I haven't trusted him. Of course, I didn't tell the sergeant of my fears regarding his conduct, but I did check up on him. He's been avoiding me. He's not on the same schedule as I am. He's working at Clapham Police Station at the moment. Today, I went to make a few inquiries, and the sergeant, uh, you know him, Sergeant Morrison, and to my amazement, he said, You know that your brother Arthur is resigning, Jim? What? Oh, I don't believe it. When did he tell you this? But, but why? I don't know why. But he asked for an interview, and then when it was over, he came in here and said he was leaving the force at the end of the month. I would have thought you'd have known about it. Oh, no. Oh, it's a total surprise to me. It seems that he's thinking of going abroad, leaving England for good. Mm. Said something about a ship to South America at the end of the month. What could I say? Nothing. Except to wish him luck. He might be doing the right thing. I don't think they have pea soup fogs in Rio de Janeiro, eh? No doubt he will come to say goodbye. I don't know what I should do, Mr. Holmes. If Arthur's been up to something shady, then perhaps I should speak up now and have him stop him from leaving the country. What do you think? I think it's time we had an open confrontation with this brother of yours, Jim. Where did you say we could find him? I don't rightly know. I don't know his lodgings, but uh, Clapham Police Station could be a good place to start. Right. Now, come on, Watson. Let's see if we can get ourselves to Clapham. It took simply hours to get to Clapham due to the fog. And then when we did arrive, a completely unknown inspector greeted us with news that could hardly have been worse. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, and you, Constable. But the fact is that there's been another of these terrible killings, discovered not an hour ago. Constable on the beach stumbled over the body. It's the same as the rest. Bludgeoned to death and a, a cross mark in chalk near the body. Here, yeah, the body is right here under the sheet on this dressing table. See for yourselves. But it's Arthur. It, it's Arthur. It was after midnight before we all got home. 
Lestrade was called on to Clapham and took over the case. And eventually we persuaded Jim Allen to take the spare room. I gave him something to calm his nerves and induce him to sleep. <laughs> I almost felt like taking some myself. The next morning, Lestrade called round and a very stern-faced and determined Holmes held a council of war. Hmm. I think the time has come for some straight speaking, Lestrade. Between us, we've made a thorough mess of this case. Oh, I've been fooled as much as you have, and I thoroughly admit it. But now, let's start by forgetting any preconceived thoughts about Nathaniel Cross and his murderous instinct. Just let's look at the facts. On the day that Cross escaped from the mental hospital, the first policeman was killed here, one stead flats. Hmm. Now, the second, which is when Watson and I were called in, was here, Hampstead Heath. The third, here, Eltham Park, South London. And Arthur Allen was killed here in Clapham. Now, four different parts of London. They almost make a square, don't they? But now, if you draw a line through them diagonally to make a cross, what do you find? Let's see. And, uh, a large cross. And at the centre, what? Surrey Docks. Holmes, this is all very intriguing, but I don't wait, wait, see... Wait a I think I do. Hmm? Sir Murderer, who makes crosses of four policemen and killed... And a fifth will die in the centre of that cross you've just drawn. There is a fifth murder planned near the Surrey Docks. That is what I believe. Then let it be me. Let me patrol the Surrey Docks beat. Can that be arranged, Inspector Lestrade? dangerous on your own. You can't know to speak very well. It's this way. We take the first turning, and that leads us round towards Bermondsey, and then back the Rotherhithe way. That's the ticket. Round here, you say? But this is just a blind alley. Yes, a blind alley, ready for you, like your Yes, I was fooled, and I admit it. I didn't realise until the lie Sergeant Morrison told you, Jim, about your brother leaving the country, that he was the person responsible. It was one madman living out another madman's threats. The report will show that Morrison was a depressive maniac, someone thwarted in ambitions and the force. His hatred turned against his younger colleagues. They didn't suspect him. They were easy to kill. When Cross broke out of jail, he realized how easy it would be to trick the world into believing he was doing the killings. But your brother Arthur was onto him. He was slowly building up evidence against the sergeant. It's a pity Arthur didn't turn to me in the first place the way you did. I can't believe it. But of course, when you think about it, it had to be someone who knew police procedure, knew where every man on the beat would be at a certain time. And of course, the sergeant could stroll along any of those beats at any time without rousing suspicion. But he must have been stark raving mad. How can anyone who appeared so calm and reasonable turn out to be a madman? The line between sanity and insanity is very thin. Frustration, anger. No one can answer certain questions. Oh, what about Nathaniel Cross? He's the other madman in this case. Eastlet Lodge. What's going to happen to him, Strange? The Strade is laying his plans just as I laid mine. Let's hope he will be successful. 
Lestrade was successful. Nathaniel Cross was caught just one week after Sergeant Morrison was held for trial. He gave no trouble and is back inside finishing his term of sentence. But I doubt very much if either of them will be released to plague society again. As Holmes said... Let's hope we never get such another fog over London, Watson. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. Enjoy the best of both worlds. Only two hours drive from Johannesburg and Pretoria and half an hour by air. The magnificent Sundown Ranch Hotel in Lion Park, just 10 kilometers from the Pilansburg Game Reserve and Sun City Resort. It offers an exciting escape from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Reasonable rates, excellent food, friendly service and comfortable air-conditioned rooms. It will ensure a memorable stay. Activities include tennis, squash, horse riding, the lion park, and much, much more. Call now to make your reservation on 014-573-1000. That's 014-573-1000. Or visit their website at www.restonations.co.za forward slash Sundown Ranch. The Sundown Ranch Hotel and Lion Park, two worlds in one. Die goeie ouda van Springbok Radio is terug. Twintig onverkrijgbare liekies nou op een CD. Met al jou ginstelinge, Virginia Lee, Cora Marie, Anton Goosen, Sonja Herold, Kupiru en vele meer. Herleef Springbok Radio, Afrikaanse treffers. Though it hurts to go away, it's impossible to stay. But there's one thing I must say before I go. I love you. I love you. You know, I'll be thinking of you in most everything I do. Now the time is moving on, and I really should be gone. But you keep me hanging on for one more smile. Say your kisses for me. Save all your kisses for me.
eers ingeskakel op die internet radio dienst van springbokradio.com